Welcome, everyone, as Fantastic Geek talks Star Trek Lower Decks. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Ahoy, Pete. Ahoy, Matt. Ahoy, everybody. Here today to give you our season for preview of Star Trek Lower Decks. Pete, before we dive into the stars of the future, let's look to the stars of the past. Yesterday, we recorded our podcast for Ahsoka, episode 103. You see, Pete, it takes place both in our past and in a galaxy uh, far, far away, a long time ago and all that. So hashtag past stars. It, it does. Part three already of eight uh, and Star Wars Saturdays before our Star Trek Sundays. But Matt, will we have other types of days or are they going to go away? Well... With Marvel Studios having reshuffled a lot of the TV offerings coming to Disney Plus, um, <laughs> the, you ask an interesting question. As of recording, as of the schedule shuffle, not shuffled is Loki season two premiering, presumably one episode. Uh, the date's uh, still October sixth. Um, but I kind of increasingly, <laughs> I'm increasingly nervous on the heels of other, uh, other dates changing and you pointing it out and you being accurate quite a bit that it's not impossible to say in three weeks time, oh, Loki has now gone from October 6th to blank. But Pete, as we record, it is October 6th, Loki episode 201. I'm going to point to the PR machine as they did with Ahsoka and, uh, they didn't move off it. So, you know, what with the as seen in McDonald's uh, tie-in. I think uh, Loki will hold to that October 6th date. But uh, yeah, Matt, it's not as if there's uh, things that cause upheaval. I don't know. Let's look at our old Star Trek Discovery pal, Shazad Latif, who had a uh, show that was shot, uh, the... Um, the Nautilus for Disney Plus um, that now went into the ether. My heart goes out to him and to everybody involved in this production. They're in Australia. They shoot this 10 episode thing. Um, I would love it. Genuinely, listeners, there's got to be somebody out there who can please. I, I, I welcome on social media, email, whatever. Can someone explain to myself and explain to Pete the financial benefit of taking a thing that you already made? You already paid the carpenters to build the sets and the electricians to light them and all the crew to shoot it. And you paid the actor, all of that stuff. It's in the can. Presumably the, the visual effects are done at this point. I guess that could be a bit of an asterisk. But the thing is shot. And somehow there's a tax or financial thing to do a write down. Like I still do not understand how that works. Um, because as I said to you over text, Pete, you know, once upon a time, the first Game of Thrones pilot was so terrible that, uh, what was it? Benny Off and Weiss? Is it, were those, those their names? Mm -hmm. Like they they did a screening for friends and family and like their good friends were like, guys, I don't understand what's going on. I do have one question. Um, the two people being intimate at the beginning, what's up with that? And the two guys were like, oh my goodness, they don't understand who these characters are. Like, it was a disaster of a pilot. Nobody understood that the brother and the sister were brother and sister, if you know what I mean. And they reshot the whole thing, 95% of it. Can you imagine if HBO didn't do that? It, was Nautilus that? I don't know. Was 
you, you know, some of these other properties, Batgirl, was that the next great thing? I don't know. I, I don't understand how any of this works, but talk about chaos. Talk about craziness. Yeah. And, you know, just another sign here of what this dual strike amongst the writers, which hit four months yesterday, uh, and the actors is about. Uh, I can't imagine that in any kind of negotiations right now, they're not discussing, well, wait, we, we can do all this work and never have it see the light of day. Uh, how is that to anybody's advantage? Oh, wait, the streamer, the studio gets to claim a, a nice big write-off exemption, et cetera, et cetera, while artists uh, suffer, starve, insert verb. I would also mention just as a slight tangent from all of this by way of talking about Nautilus, you know, a Captain Nemo prequel and all of this. I feel like sometimes this buying spree of the last eight, 10 years of, oh man, we just got a library of blank. You even go back to the Marvel purchase, 4,000 characters and so on and so forth. Pete, when's the last time you saw, um, um, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, the Disney movie with Kurt, uh, Kurt, uh, not Kurt Russell, Kurt, the other Kurt, Kirk Douglas, Kirk Douglas. When's the last uh, time you saw the, that? The 90s, maybe. Yeah. Like, <laughs> here's my point. And look, me, again, maybe the Nautilus it show. Plus? It, I think it's on Disney Plus. Here, here's my point. And I have memories of being terrified on the ride as a child because I've underwater. Oh, I love the ride, man. It was an all timer. But again, my point being, what's the value of. 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, the Disney version. It is what, on Disney Plus, yes. What, like, what is the value of that? It's great that Disney owns that version of it. Great, you're going to do a prequel. You know, like I said with some of the Marvel stuff on yesterday's podcast, kind of like, who cares? Again, maybe the show is great. I probably would have checked it out. But a lot of this stuff, great, you have a really deep catalog. I know that's somewhat ironic, Pete, because we're now about to turn and talk about how Star Trek finds new corners of the catalog, usually successfully, but... I think that's slightly different to say successful Star Trek is usually about going out and having a trek amongst the stars versus, hey, you know that ride that terrified middle-aged people that closed down to now be a Finding Nemo thing in one park and to be, I think it's the uh, Snow White ride in Disney World? Uh, hey, that's based on a movie, and now we're going to do a prequel to the movie, Shruggy. But Pete, take us back to Star Trek. Star Trek Prodigy, Matt, Season 1, Part B, 2, Second Half, whatever you're going to call it, uh, is headed to video where that'll be the only place it'll be available with no new home for Star Trek Prodigy Season 2, which is being finished with 99% certainty they'll find a place to put it. I and here we are kind of back with like, I don't, somebody spent the money to get it 90%. I'm picking a number 90% done before it was canceled. Okay. Somehow it gets you more money to sell it somewhere else. Question mark versus the special prodigy run. I, I don't understand it. I do know this Pete. If one thinks, well, what is the value of star Trek Two Paramount plus, uh, Again, with these weird way that Nielsen streaming numbers trail real time, Stranger Worlds has again cracked the streaming top 10. 
for the week that the musical episode came out i have to say the last time we discussed this particular thing i had misremembered i uh, and i think i had said that the musical and the lower decks episode were the same week but um great to see strange new worlds back in that top 10 again i think one can infer that it probably is most of those streaming minutes are of the new episode blah 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 pete can you name the other original paramount plus series that has routinely cracked the nielsen streaming original top 10 in recent months no because uh their rights with uh peacock over the uh kevin coster show are so intertwined and confusing for me so the again the big takeaway here stranger worlds is doing stranger worlds is as i understand the nielsen numbers streaming blah 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 stranger worlds is like the number one thing on paramount plus right now which is great great for star trek great for us on a star trek podcast and i almost would say pete as we turn the corner again to start to talk about lower decks if lower decks first of all if lower decks does crack the top 10 oh my goodness all the better the fact that in march of 2023 it was already renewed for season five so work is presumably underway in some capacity right now perhaps at the animation level you know no no writing no voice acting necessarily um but if lower decks does not crack that top 10 let's not forget it's costing a fraction lower decks has got to cost a fraction what stranger worlds does whether that's 50 percent as much 25 percent as much whatever it is it can be super successful with less clicks well, what I'm looking forward to, Matt, when last we talked Star Trek Lower Decks, it was prior to Star Trek Picard Season 3, the big finish there, the return of Strange New Worlds, and now with Season 4, uh, Star Trek Lower Decks gets its time to shine, particularly coming off the big bounce from the crossover with Strange New Worlds. And it it's funny leading up to the the what was the one episode now the two episode premiere this upcoming week uh i went back and rewatched season three. First of all <laughs> for as much as i'm kind of on our podcast sometimes episodes i feel like episodes are too long or not long enough or whatnot man you get a 28 minute lower decks you can chug through that yeah you could you could do half a season while you're you know as a rewatch while you're doing, you know, folding the laundry or, or whatever it might be, you can, you can chug through super fast as much as I love strange new worlds. As, and as much as that is picture perfect in so many ways, I feel like, I feel like my mind likes strange new worlds best, but my heart loves lower decks most of all. And that's what they've been able to do across 30 episodes, 31 with the crossover. And just that the really endearing, way that these characters interact with each other you know the show was a risk and i think back to three years ago getting ready to watch it uh and now here we are with the fourth season and the patterns that they've fallen into and that it's crossed over with live action and hopefully that's not going to be the last time there's some kind of interaction with the show with the other shows uh, and vice versa that, I mean, you know, we, we've seen Strange New Worlds animated now. Uh, but like I said, giving this show well-established 
uh, now a greater part of Star Trek lore. Uh, it's its own platform, its own time. If anything, I'm a little worried of the here's two episodes at once that, again, Paramount Plus doesn't quite understand its subscription model, but I'll take them. And we have uh, episode titles for the first eight before we dive into the episode titles, Pete, just want to put, I would agree that two episodes in one week does not make sense for the subscription model. A light bulb did just go off to my head. Do you know what benefits from two episodes in one week? In addition to, you know, we the fans and all of that, those Nielsen numbers. It could be that they're saying, you know, what a headline it would be to have a second Star Trek show. And Picard may have done it. I have to confess. I, I, I don't remember when the Nielsen streaming stuff came on and how how uh official it's been um but this could you know we could be talking in a month's time pete we could be talking about this upcoming week for nielsen streaming originals and go oh my goodness lower decks has burst through and maybe that's not a weekly thing when you only have one episode but this is a way to get those nielsen numbers up because that is measured by minute by minutes viewed I hadn't considered that, so at least there's that aspect. But let's talk about these episode titles. Those first two, Matt, uh, one, if you're listening, we'll have to spell it out here for you because uh, you've heard this title before, Tuvix, T-W-O-V-I-X. And then uh, the second episode, I Have No Bones, Yet I Must Flee. <sighs> Both are fantastic. I mean, look, obviously, Tuvix, it'll be interesting to see what is that exploring relative to the the T-U-V-I-X character and all of that. But you think of those classic lowercase c, those classic Star Trek titles that just have a certain rhythm and a certain, um, you know, kind of lure to them. And for that, I have no bones, yet I must flee. It sounds... First of all, it sounds like one of these, you know, that the earth is hollow, but I have touched the sky. Like it sounds so mm-hmm. aspirational. And then you look back and go, I have no bones. What does that mean? Yet I must flee. <laughs> so what are you just kind of this like jelly person? You know, like it's it, it, both of these titles are funny. The second one more so because it's kind of spelling out a humorous situation. But yeah, yeah, if well, I don't know. What are your thoughts, Pete, of those are of, of those two? And do we get the two Vix character in the first one? I mean, I hope so, but I hope they've made their own, maybe a clone of him. Who knows? Uh, I mean, that classic, I think, not necessarily for the right reasons, Voyager episode where um, Tuvok and Neelix are are joined and become a character and it becomes, in a classic Star Trek way, this discussion about rights and identity and you know, everything rolled into one and, you know, here clearly to have some fun with it. Um, And then, you know, you mentioned Bones here. You see Bones uh, capitalized. And I got to wonder, are we going to somehow reference uh, Dr. Leonard McCoy? And, uh, you know, how fun that could be uh, on an episode of Lower Decks. That certainly could be. And, you know, just because DeForest Kelly, you know, ha- has departed us some some long time ago now doesn't mean the character can't appear voiced lovingly by someone else, let alone, 
you know, it could oh, be. I'd, I'd love for the Dr. Tana uh, voice actress to just get behind the mic there to have uh, Julian Vigman, you know, voice uh, Bones or even that, maybe Carl Urban. Yeah, yeah. Or that Tana had, uh, you know, known Bones. We don't know how long, uh, you know, her species lives. Uh, it could be a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, so certainly a lot of potential there, and, and these questions, I'm still kind of processing on Thursday, this upcoming Thursday, we get two episodes of Star yeah. Trek Lower Decks. Uh, looking ahead to next week, Pete, what are, what are some more of the titles? Past that, episode three, in the cradle of Vexalon, and uh, given the poster, Matt, and again, the, the patterns they've fallen into, that each season has aped the style of the original series film posters, the fourth season here being of course uh, the, the one with the whales, right? The voyage home <laughs> um, prominently featured on there is our boy Agamus voiced of course by Jeffrey Combs um, really sounds like something that could work with that title we know that agamus badgie etc are returning this season uh so that title to me jumps out as the the landing uh spot i know too on the poster along with uh you know in the season four trailer kind of the notion of there's a mysterious new I'll say space force. I don't mean it in the star Wars sense. Yeah. There are new baddies in new ships. I think I spy one of them firing at a, at a Romulan uh, ship here on the poster. Um, We've discussed in past seasons, how there's been kind of varying levels of the overall story arc. I think season two did it best. And season three hid that because it was, Admiral Buenamigo, who was actually was a Malamigo and all of that. Um, so I'm just wondering from these various clues, from the titles, from the poster and so forth, uh, from the trailer, how much we can glean of, you know, what is the arc of the season separate from individual uh, episodic stories? With episode four, something borrowed, something green. This one screams to me some kind of continuation of what we saw in the crossover with Strange New Worlds as it's connected to Tendi. Yeah, and I mean, that title suggestive of a wedding. I don't think we're going to see Tendi getting married, although if. If you want to tell me we're going to lay story tracks for that in the first three episodes, let's not forget, this is a show that moves exceedingly quickly. We all had a lump in our throat when Shax was, you know, sacrificed, sacrificed himself at the end of the first season and said, wow, they've really, wow, I can't believe they did that. They paid a price. And then two episodes later, he's just back because of things that Lower Deckers can't understand. He's just back. Um, so again, could you tell me that by the fourth episode, Tendi is getting married when there's no romance at the end of episode 310? It could happen. Episode five is titled Empathological Fallacies, and that's got to be our Talin episode. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited for uh, Gabrielle Ruiz's character of Talin, um, kind of 
properly joining the show. I think we all, you know, I mean, the the Three Ships episode from the second season par excellence. Our only complaint from the third season was that Talyn only showed up when she did at the very end. But that's just, if anything, that's just, uh, I, I don't know, it's an itch in a good way. And um, yeah, looking forward to seeing more of Talyn, who let's not forget, is going to be studying under uh, and alongside uh, Tendi. Yeah, and she's on the poster, so we got a little false, uh, you know, preview last year. Oh, yeah, yeah, she joins the cast, she joins the cast. Uh, last scene, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, expect a lot more involvement this time around. Episode 6, Parth Ferengi's Heart Place. Uh, that's quite a title. Um, <laughs> I don't even know what, I mean, obviously... I guess Ferengi interaction. I'm not. I'm not sure what what direction could go beyond that. Well, I mean, anytime you get Ferengis on this show and the opportunity they offer for humor, whether it's whip wielding, you know, uh, next generation early Ferengis, or it's your Deep Space Nine variety, uh, always an opportunity. But Matt, much like with Strange New Worlds, you point to this seventh episode, uh, a few badgies more, this my early highlight for season four. Yeah, I think that um, given the fact that the show has gotten season renewals so far in advance, which is important for animation if you want to keep a, let's say, you know, keep that yearly release schedule of August slash September, I think narratively what that also does is if you know you want to do another badgy thing and you're you know uh, you're you're still in the process of sketching out one season and then you get the renewal for the next one you can say you know what let's give a badgy tease in season 4 and do the badgy episode or pardon me give the badgy tease in season 3 and do the return in season 4 as opposed to you know empty that quiver of story arrows for the only season you're focusing on that sort of thing. So would I have loved to see Badgie last season? Yes, but I'm ready for it now. And ah, you're making me wait till the second half of the season. You're making me wait till, uh, what would that be to uh, October 19th? I'll take it. Countdown to Badgie. Some kind of Western there. If the play with the title for a few dollars more, you know, I, I think of the next generation, western holodeck episodes and to uh merge those ideas there the the comedic possibilities our cup runneth over matt and the last title that's floating around there is for the eighth episode simply caves (laughs) uh how delightfully understated for lower decks um it is worth mentioning it is a 10-episode season, um, so just because there's eight titles out there does not mean we're getting anything less. Um, as for speculating about caves, I, I I guess my mind immediately goes to the caves set that Next Generation, I think Next Generation built, and then Deep Space Nine and Voyager and Next Generation all went to those caves a whole lot, anytime, <laughs> and there's a certain point where you're like, uh, there's the upper level and the lower level and the crawl through it. Like it was just it quickly became a bit overused. So 
I don't know. Perhaps we get an homage to that somehow. Uh, interestingly, too, Matt, uh, you know, we've got the two episode premiere on Thursday. We've got Star Trek Day on Friday, September 8th. We do, which will be interesting in part because when I saw that Jerry O'Connell was hosting it, my first thought is, um, is the, the, the actor's strike. Now I will grant you that voice acting is a different, as we've discussed before, perhaps not on our lower decks podcast, but as we've discussed before, some, at least when it comes to writing, some animated shows are WGA shows and others are, I think it's animation writers guild or, you know, it, it, it's different. Right. I don't know what, if it's the same for, actors so on and so forth i don't know if jerry o'connell was pre-recorded i kind of feel like spiritually if i find out that jerry o'connell is hosting this live because as people pedantically said on instagram jerry o'connell is in star trek as a voice actor therefore well hold on if he's there saying star trek star trek star trek paramount 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 go the brand go the studio go the streamer i kind of spiritually have a little bit if he's doing it live i have a little bit of a problem Mm -hmm. with that if dude got offered some money in July and everybody could see which way the wind was blowing for a strike, but it's early July and Paramount says, Hey, you want to come record Star Trek day bumpers? I have, I think spiritually I have a little bit of a problem with that, but you know what? Jerry O'Connell, he's a working actor. Same as his wife. Same, they've got kids. He's got bills. He's got responsibilities. If somebody comes along and says, Hey Jerry, we're going to give you X amount of money to, come to the studio for two days and host some stuff that's not going to be used till September. At the end of the day, he's got to do what he's got to do. And I'm not here to say, Jerry, you shouldn't take the money to pay your bills and get your kids backpacks and stuff like that. But we'll see what that looks like. I feel less enthusiastic to celebrate Star Trek this Friday because it's Paramount's Star Trek. It's Paramount Plus's Star Trek. It's the studio's, you know, it's one of the feathers in the studio's hat. Um, yeah. so I guess we'll see what they put together, but I'm kind of prepared to be like, oh, it's some, okay, whatever. And, and click through for 20 minutes and kind of be done. Yeah. I mean, could, could they reach for the good news of we've, we found a home for prodigy for season two and, and that kind of thing. Um, but it's complicated and, and you add in the strike stuff on two fronts and, and all of that, would they reach for like, Oh, look over here. Star Trek legacy has been, uh, you know, green lit and all that. Uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll watch it. We will cover it, uh, and bring it to you and, and talk about it. But, uh, yeah, you know, we'll be bringing you our lower decks episodes each Star Trek Sunday from here on out. Yeah, looking forward to this combo for the next bunch of weeks where it's, uh, you know, where it is Star Wars Saturdays and Star Trek Sundays. Um, I will give the heads up that when we get to October, uh, Lower Decks, so for the second half of the Lower Decks season, uh, Star Trek Sundays will become Star Trek Saturdays because of Loki and this and that, the other. Um, But certainly for this month of September, Star Trek Sundays We'll be posting the polls on Thursday evenings um, on Twitter. Share your feedback there. Share your feedback on our Gmail. We'll give all that contact info shortly. But uh, really looking forward to this upcoming, you know, this upcoming 10-episode run. Um, 
I think, Pete, the only other warning I want to give to listeners is we will be podcasting the first two episodes together. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's a worst case slash best case scenario. It's the end of episode 401 and they've just killed Boimler and you have a really juicy theory <laughs> about how he might come back. Don't don't spend five paragraphs putting that email together and then send it out and then watch episode two where they go. Oh, it was just in the pattern buffer. He's back. And you go, you know, because we're, we, we all are going to watch these two episodes together. We're going to podcast them together. We're going to theorize about them together. And if there's episode 401 stuff resolved in 402, there's not going to be much of a theory discussion. Yeah. Yeah. Get us your feedback there. Uh, we love to hear it. We love to read it uh, and to uh, send it out to everybody else here. Uh, but yeah, don't dawdle on that with the double episode something we've not seen to this point with uh paramount plus and uh certainly this whole forthcoming 10 episode run of lower decks or or rather our coverage of it made possible by those who support us on patreon.com slash fantastic geek so thanks as always for that support that keeps things going Everybody who contributes gets access to exclusive content, all sorts of levels to uh, check out. But it takes just a dollar a month to get you behind that door. Can't contribute now? Get over to Apple Podcasts for this podcast feed for any of our 34, soon to be 35 podcast feeds. Give us a bump there. Get us in the algorithm and pushed out to new people. And let's keep the conversation going when it comes to Star Trek and I guess Star Wars too. Pete, how could people be in touch with you on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at and threads, I should add there, uh, at Peter P I E T E R uh J K L R K E T E L A A R twelve thousand six hundred seventy-seven followers. Can't be wrong. And while I'm personally on Twitter is looking back lost, do be in touch with the podcast. Comment on fantasticgeek.com. You can also find us on Twitter, on threads, on Gmail, and on Instagram as Fantastic Geek as well. But we, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com slash Fantastic Geek with the PH, all one word, like it today. The next time we talk about Star Trek on this feed, it will be with two episodes and Star Trek Day behind us. So certainly an exciting road ahead with that pete i will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final word see you soon badgie she never fails to take my breath away i wish i could kiss her and squeeze her excuse me